Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ePraise.podcast. I am your host, the one and only Savoy Anthony Jefferson, a.k.a. your number one thought ally, a.k.a. the undisputed Bussy Champion, a.k.a. Bussy Anna LaBeja, a.k.a. Queen Bussabiff. And we are here for episode 322 of the Eat, Pray, Thigh podcast entitled The Royal Bussy Family, which is why I am Queen Bussabiff. Um, as queen of the Bussy land, I am really just overruling and really just making sure that dicks are how we like them, um, that people are really giving good dick um, and treating the bussies with respect. Um, Amen. Yeah, so I rule over this royal land of bussy um, and just really continue to make sure that my royal family is, you know, that the bus is always clean. Um, just like in... Monarchy. But yes, we episode we welcome y'all to episode 322. Um, it is one day after my birthday. Um, so I've gone through all the emotions. Uh, thank you, thank you. I've gone through all the emotions and the transformations, and I'm still going through them. But in the words of Tisha Campbell Martin, shout out to her for getting her new show with um Lucy Lou. Um I'm still here, I'm still queer, and this bus is still good. Now I'm going to introduce <laughs> The beautiful, the illustrious, Amber. Hi, hello, welcome. Oh, I love Queen Busabeth. I love it. So that will make me Princess Tatiana. Um, I'm here also, you know, helping rule the land, also making sure dicks are all good. Um, So I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Part of the royal family. Happy birthday. Um, you're welcome. Okay, so with my AKAs, uh, what's up, y'all? It's your girl Amber, aka Antidepressants, aka <laughs> sorry, y'all. Uh, do a lot to Tina Dolls, aka creative director of um, Depressed Hope Aesthetics, aka I love y'all, aka I'm happy to be here, aka. You know what? Scorpio season made some points. So talk shit, but Scorpio made Scorpio season made some points. And also, happy birthday to my mama. It's my mama's birthday today, and she's literally a Scorpio queen. queen. A Scorpio diva. Scorpio queen, honey. Yes. So, <laughs> how is you? Okay, it, I can't say how is your week because it's been a minute. How how have you been? Um, you know, um, 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 as I start. When we before we even got on the podcast, um, I'm becoming mm-hmm. shout out to Alex L after the rain, get that. Um, so that's I know Michelle also had be, had a book called Becoming, but like I, I was saying earlier, Michelle made it sound prettier, the becoming process sound a little prettier, and Alex L is very much, you know, like she is all about the you know, the swan method, which means you got to be an ugly duckling first before. Mm-hmm. You become mm-hmm. so right now. I'm in my ugly duckling stage, and it's a lot of pain and a lot of um, frustration. But you know, I'm trying to release judgment from that process. 
and step into 35. Just enjoying the moment and trying to find my king dick. And Come on. Come on. It's I important also, to me. I also believe, well, you will find king dick. Um, I also believe that the ugly duckling wasn't actually ugly. The ugly duckling was surrounded by swans who were judging the fuck out of the duck because the duck was different and didn't start to fuck with the duck until the duck transformed. So please know, even though you're in your technically ugly duckling phase, this is not, you're not ugly, you're not bad, you are in a rough period and you will get there. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> <I'm so sad. laughs> but yeah, that's where I'm at, you know, just Come chilling. Um, I had a lot of bacon this morning, so I'm, I'm in a good place with that. Pork. Um, it was, oh, it was so good. It was so delicious. It was so delicious. Like when that, when it's, you know, when bacon's done just right, it can be, ooh. Orgasmic. Like, I was fucking that bacon up. I know my daddy was looking at me like, you can breathe. And I was like, no, I need to take, I need to take it this moment. Take it all in. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I don't get to do often Um, with dick. Um, But (laughs) usually I'm like, that's a little too much. Uh, Uh-uh. Can we just just put the tip in? Um, No. You know what? Can we just put the, can we just put the tip in? Um, but anyways, Amber, how was your boo? <laughs> Good, you know. Um, so I was supposed to move to New York this week, but um, the tenant was refusing to move out because you know New York is ghetto. Well, not ghetto, but you know New York is always has issues. So. Um, the tenant has finally left, and so I'm planning to move at the end of the month. I'm excited about it. I have been very afraid to live on my own, but as I have been living alone in Atlanta, I am realizing that the world isn't going to collapse. And so that is if I live alone, okay? I'm not going to die <laughs> by myself, which is the fear. Okay, anyhow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I, I'm actually excited uh, to move, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good this week. I'm, you know, I'm feeling. You look good. Thank you. You Skin know, my skincare routine. Trying yes. to always find my light. Come on, um, come on. <laughs> in search of the light. In search of the light. You Give know? me the light. <laughs> Uh, we are oh my god the titties are out today i'm gonna show y'all <laughs> they are out yeah they really are they were you out got a date like, to, you got a date later today okay thank you monica watson that's my mom by the way <laughs> i don't have a date i just be getting sexy for myself yes so. <laughs> you know what i need to do that more often i apologize <laughs> don't apologize you'll get there you know i haven't you taken more news truth. with my full camera with my full length mirror though that's good. I'm not yes. there, but I will be. Um, I'm just letting this belly hang out, like let it out, boo. Because it's it's scrumptious. It's, it's it's here and always will be here. Okay, <laughs> until I get that lipo. Um, but they like you gonna really get lipo, and then what you gonna do? I was like, I'm gonna work out after lipo, but I'm tired of working out <laughs> for right now. So I'm just gonna get it sucked out. 
when I get some money. Um, okay. Okay. Because, you know, who really needs to work hard when you can just become an IG model? Um and get you a rapper. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, on that note, yes. On IG models and rappers. Come on, IG models and rappers. Speaking, on this episode, IG models and rappers. Speaking of baddies, we have yes. a guest who is a baddie, always yes. posting a thirst trap on Twitter. We and always, we love, and we love, we love them for it. We love them. Okay. We love them for it. <laughs> we see them. We love them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so this whole time I was trying to think of what my little royal name was going to be. Okay. And I didn't come up with an answer, but <laughs> you are royal just being you. Okay. Period. Now, that's <laughs> period. But I live for y'all's names. It's very cute, very, um, very thematic. So one day I'll be as cool as y'all, but that day is not today. <laughs> you are cool. You are very much cool. So I, you know what, Deshaun? I'm going to let me take it back. And read you because you got a nice little bio. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Deshaun Harrison is a non binary abolitionist and organizer in Atlanta. They also serve as associate editor aware of Where Your Voice magazine and a digital magazine for the LGBTQIA plus black indigenous people of color. Please welcome the beautiful, the oh so sexy. Deshaun. Mm. Harrison. I know that's right. <laughs> but yeah. say hi, please open your legs and your heart. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did New York say? New York said, and I'll be there for him with open legs and an open mouth. <laughs> yes. Yes, New York. Y'all are gorgeous. <laughs> y'all are gorgeous. I'm glad to be here. Oh, thank you. We're glad you're here too. So yeah, the time. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying we're glad for you to be here. That was it. Right. Go ahead, boy. So, Deshaun, tell us a little bit about yourself. Little known facts. Anything you want the Bussy Hive to know about you? <laughs> um, okay. Well, first, I guess I should let the Bussy Hive know that I am verse. That's not a very common known thing for me. <laughs> I think the girls should know that, but um, no, I I am, like you said, non-binary. I'm an abolitionist. I'm an organizer. I'm also a writer and an author. Um, I am a dreamer and a lover, a music aficionado, a tweeter. Come on. I, <laughs> I am uh, um, a child of two parents. Although, if you ask me, my mom produced me by herself. Um, <laughs> um, I am a sibling. I'm a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats, but I am mostly grateful. 
to be alive in the midst of this foolishness. And that's me. Come on. And there has been lots of foolishness. There has been a lot of foolishness. (laughs) I mean, I've just been telling people, like, I don't even say, like, first of all, I I don't, Deshaun, just so you know, I don't say things out of ghetto no more. I've been very much pro. I've been saying things out of trailer park. And by the trailer park, I mean, it's very white. It's very Gloria Jean. It's very methy. It's very much you fucking your cousin. And... (laughs) It's giving very much like it's giving very much the unknown areas of Oregon, um, okay, or, or Nebraska, <laughs> or like North or the South Dakota, like or like like Louisiana, like or like the back the backwoods of Louisiana or some shit like that or Alabama. That'd be the niggas. That'd be the niggas. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the white ones. I'm talking about the white ones because some of the backwoods got a lot of whites. You got to take it up to Montana, Wyoming. Also. You know. (laughs) Also. But let's be clear. There are some backwood white folks in Louisiana and Alabama. I ain't know all that. Yes. I've seen them, and they ain't got no teeth. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. They don't they have got teeth no teeth. <laughs> they ain't got they no look teeth. Like, they look like the same people in New York, though. New York State. <laughs> right. Be clear. Because <laughs> New York State. Outside of New York. And what did I say before? A couple episodes. Maybe this was like last season. But y'all know how I feel about Staten Island. Okay? Ooh, you know what? Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do this to Staten Island. They have done nothing. Yes, they have. To you. Yes, they have. What do they do? Yes, they have. I have worked in Staten Island and all of Staten Island, except the northern part where the people of color live, is a sundown town. Okay? Oh, no, not in New York. The girls that was picking on the South this week. <laughs> exactly. I feel safer in the South. Hello? Can y'all hear me? I feel safer in the South than I do in fuck-ass Staten Island. Fuck that place. Okay, sorry, guys. I'm living for this. I'm living for this dragging because <laughs> the Northerners tried to really come for the South this week, and I had to get into their ass, so now I'm just going to use this as more ammunition. <laughs> Please no, Staten Island. Y'all know. Y'all know. That's where all the cops live. That's where all the firemen live. That's where all... Come on. It's not safe there. That's where um, the first purge was was filmed. Really? The, the, it's the fourth purge. It is titled the first And it's making more sense to me now. Wow. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Hmm. All right, let's go on because I could talk about that night all day. I fucking hate that place. As always, we start the podcast with Bussy Pep Talks. This is one reason why Amber and myself are proud of ourselves, but as well as the guests, um, I can start. I'm just happy because I made it to 35. And um, I have. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you boo. <laughs> um, and. As um, a good friend of both <clears throat> of, of both me and Amber, Dania told me I have options, 
and a lot of people don't have options. Yeah. So I am going to do a better job of embracing. And I think one thing that I I journaled yesterday after I went for a two mile walk. And one thing that I said I want to do in 35 is just start to, I guess, enjoy the fruits of my labor. I think I've been so for a long time, I've been very much like a, a, a hamster just on the wheel, keep going, keep going. Like, okay, this is a good moment. This is cute, but I can do better. I can do more. I can keep going. It needs, so I'm gonna, I'm focused on this year. I'm just kind of being surrendering to time and surrendering to the fact that like, there's a lot going happening in this moment. And I don't always have to be so focused on the future. Um, so yeah, that's my bussy pep talk. Amber, what is your bussy pep talk? Love that. Um, it's similar. Uh, it's something that I, I talk to my therapist a lot about is like, sometimes I am like when bad shit is happening, I'm very present in those moments. Like I've learned to be present in like the bad moments, but I like, if something good happens, I try to be like, okay, like, let's keep moving. Let's not celebrate that. Like, let's just, let's just keep going. And I, I'm really working on when good things are happening for myself, one, not immediately assuming that something bad is going to happen. Uh, Cause that's something that I do. Um, and then also like being present in the good moments too, like feeling like, okay, this is a good moment. Enjoy it. And not have so many, I guess, like preconceived notions about what that good moment, when that good moment will end, what it means for my life, you know, all that. So I feel like I've done a pretty good job this week of doing that. I love that. That's super yes. and important because listen, we all be like that sometimes. Yeah. So it's really dope that you're taking lead on that in your own life. I need to follow suit. <laughs> <laughs> that it time, takes that time. time. <laughs> you have so much time. <laughs> time is on your side. It really it is. Coming at my age for me. I'm not coming at your age. <laughs> <laughs> it's more. It's more jealousy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Deshaun, I want to be clear. I'm not. I do not wish to be 24 again. That shit was the trailer fucking park. Listen, I don't wish this on anybody. I just feel like we should be able to skip like from 20 to 30. I would love to just skip like I don't even need these in between years. Okay. (laughs) Damn. I don't want to skip all my toys. I just want to. If you hear this and you're just in love with their age, please don't attack me. I promise. I'm the plane. <laughs> Shout out to our 20 something. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, Fizzle Vibes. We're doing our thing. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm giving a bussy pep talk too. Yes, yes. 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 Okay. So uh, I think I'm not just this week, but this year. Like, I'm thinking about how horrible the year has been generally, but like, how great low-key of a year it's been for like for my own personal life and my business like endeavors. And like I moved into my first apartment by myself this year. So I really feel you, Amber, on the whole, is this world gonna blow me apart if I'm by myself? <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, but it's been eleven months and I'm 
still here. So good. Um, so I live for that. So I definitely feel you on that. I was excited about that. And then this year, you know, I wrote a book this year. And in the middle of organizing and working and being depressed and anxious, depressed and anxious, like I wrote a whole book. So I'm really proud of that. I'm like excited about that. I'm excited to have been able to like have been steadfast in my commitment to my own scholarship mm-hmm. enough to be able to write that book. Um, so, yeah, like I'm very proud of myself for that. I'm proud of you, too. As you should be. Mm-hmm. As you should be. A whole book, okay? A whole, baby. <laughs> Writing emails, I'm like, ooh, uh-uh, I can't do this today. <laughs> you wrote a whole book. <laughs> when I tell you, I was like, oh, y'all got me fucked up because I signed my <laughs> contract right before quarantine. Like, literally days before is when I signed my contract. So I was like, oh, no, I'm... Y'all got me fucked up. This is not about to happen for me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna tell y'all like I will see this advance back. No worries. <laughs> but I persevered. No, no, I'm just trying now. You can't even send back advances. Nah, okay. I know those rep. If you don't, if nothing else, those is reparations. Okay. Aki, now you're not wrong. You're really not wrong because this company, although they are um, independent, they're also. Why? So, Haki, you're very much right. I was going to be like, listen, I'm not sending this back. Thank you for the reparations. I'm also not writing the book. So, (laughs) 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 no, but I wrote it. I did, even though a lot of the Haki, y'all, this this is between us, okay? (laughs) I know it's not, but it's between us. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm I wrote the, like, the bulk of this book in the last like month of my like my time period because in the beginning of March like you know we had quarantine and shit and then COVID stuff happened I'm a community organizer here so I was doing like mutual aid stuff and then summer came we had all those uprisings for the whole summer so I didn't have time to write so it was like the last three chapters of the book were written in like two or three weeks. <laughs> Come on. So shout out to my ancestors for really making me a, a bomb ass writer because that's shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but it had yeah. to be so I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And when does the book come out again? And what's the name? What's the title? When's it coming out? Yes, the title of the book is Belly of the Beast, The Politics of Anti-Fatness as Anti-Blackness. And it's coming out in tentatively August 2021. It was July, but we had to like move some things back. So it's going to come out now in August 2021. Dope. That's really exciting. Hopefully by then, quarantine will know something about this COVID so I can at least get like a mini book tour, like... I'm hoping. I know it's probably unrealistic, but but I'm pushing I'm hoping for you too. Yes, you can do one in Atlanta at least. Atlanta ain't really child. The way this city at Atlanta, they all immune. So I don't know. I know this is, this city we might be underwater. <laughs> Everybody here, like, oh, it's a pandemic outside, not in Atlanta. We just like we got a bubble over us or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. 
every time I'm like, anytime somebody be like, you want to go somewhere? I'm like, where? They're like, oh, we're going to go to a house party. It's going to be like 50, 60 people, but it's going to be real. We're going to check temperatures at the door, though. <laughs> girl. Okay. That really be killing me. Like, oh, no, for real. We got hands on the tires and we checking temperature. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and? I'm like, okay, well, I got hand sanitizer at home and got a thermometer right. also at home. Right. So I'm going to chill at my own spot by myself. Oh. Best, this last few months in Atlanta, like, people... Yeah, it's over here. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you originally from Atlanta? Not originally, no. I moved here in 2014 to go to Morehouse, but I'm originally from North Carolina. Okay, where in North Carolina? Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay, I've heard of Wilmington. Don't know much about it. LOL, Ember said it's... <laughs> Ember said it's yeah. <laughs> I'm just surprised y'all even heard of it at all, because it really, like... Growing up, it was... I told Amber it was a big town, and now it's become, like, a small but growing city because it's home to, like, university and beaches that everyone loves. But as a kid... No. No, it was, it was trailer it's, it's not really much. It's not really giving much to do. It's like you can only go to the beach so many times. Like you can mm. only go bowling so many times. <laughs> you can only go to the movies so many times before it gets very much boring. And you're not in college, so you can't go to the college campus with the college students because they really like. Who are you? Why, why are you here? here? Why are you here? Like, <laughs> why are you here? So, do, you have a, do you have a college ID? Do you have college ID? Do you, like, can you drink? And, of course, like, niggas be drinking anyway, but it's also, like, they know when you're not supposed to be drinking and you're not supposed to be at the party. So it's, like, they be, they be clocking you. So needless to say, like, Atlanta was very much a culture shift for me. Um, one that I very much welcome, though. <laughs> I don't get bored here. Well... Before the pandemic, I didn't get bored here. Okay. And before the pandemic, I don't think any of us got bored. Um, <laughs> we could always find some bullshit to get into. <laughs> bullshit. Right. Um, That's why we stay in Atlanta, okay? Right. <laughs> well, at least I do. I like it. <laughs> That's why I have not left. I stayed here for college and still stayed here because I was like, I'm not going back to Wilmington. So, <laughs> so here mm-hmm. I am. I made it my home. Yes. All right, well, we're just going to jump right into it. As always, we start with Eat. We go in order, y'all. For y'all that may be new to the podcast, we go in order, Eat, Pray, Thigh, okay? Let's go, just because sometimes people be confused. All right, Deshaun, what's your favorite soul food spot in Atlanta? Okay, now, I know I'm going to be judged for this because... Whatever, but this is a safe space, not really. But right, I'm about to say, no, it's really not a safe space, it's, it's really not a safe space. It's a safe, bussy space. It's a safe, bussy space. <laughs> now, now, once you get outside the bussy, we can't promise you anything. No, it's not much you can really do. So, I'm gonna I'm tread, you know, very carefully, very lightly. But a lot of people will say they'll give you like something very generic, like Pascal's or something. Like, and it's like, girl, what? It's not given. Pascal's is nasty. Right. Well, I'm not going to say it's nasty, but it's definitely not my favorite. The same with Busy Bees. Like, Busy Bee is like, oh, you love Busy Bee? 
I do love Busy B, though. Okay, well, I mean, it's very cute next to Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's Gorgeous then? But gorgeous is like Mary Max. Or like, yeah. even for me, I'm not even a vegetarian, but I love Soul Veg because it's really good. It's like, if I eat this every day, I can really be a vegetarian. <laughs> I can be a vegetarian. <laughs> So I like I live for this, but what's not given is not given. Um, Gladys Knight's restaurant. Um, old Lady Gang is kind of cute. I don't hate her, but I'm not like, oh, let's go to Old Lady Gang. I haven't been there. You haven't? Mm-mm, but I saw there's one in Camp Creek, right? There is, but there's also one over on. Um, wait, there's. I don't think there is one on Camp Creek. I think the only one I know of is off of Peter Street. Uh, there is one on Kim Creek. It's, it's like right by oh, that Target. Mm-hmm. Oh, cute. I didn't know that. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, Candy out here doing her thing, making franchises and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I thought she just had her one little, you know, restaurant over on Peter no. Street. You know Candy is an imp- a, a Very much entrepreneur. Very much going to make her a coin. However She's she always can. thinking about her bag. That's really always thinking about always. it. No, but all that again is cute. I... I wouldn't put it at, like, the top of my list for soul food here, but it definitely is not at the bottom for me. Um, but at the top of the list, very much Mary Mac and Soul Veg. And anybody who wants to judge, that's okay. Mary Mac is good. Me and my brother went there one time, and he literally almost shed a tear. So that, that <laughs> shit was good. Not a tear. <laughs> <laughs> I had it one time, but I need to get it some more because it's really, really good. Yeah, I've only had it once, too. Because I always heard, because I always thought it was, like, a white place. Mary so I was always, yeah, so I was always like, mm. but <laughs> Mary did what she had to do, okay? <laughs> Mary did what she had to do. <laughs> Mary came up there and did the Mary dance, honey, okay? <laughs> How can I love somebody else? It went very much from Mary Magdalene to Mary Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Yes, I just want to praise him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, take them shackles off my feet <laughs> so I can dance. Uh, oh, Ooh, that is a hymn. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, this uh, you can you can only cook one meal for the ancestors. Okay. What are you making? I love this question, by the way. Honey, as long as they know they're not getting chitlins out of me. <laughs> no chitlins coming out of me for the ancestors. Love y'all down. Oops. But it's no chitlins for me. <laughs> but I think I'm very much gonna like we're gonna throw down. I'm making Damn, I gotta really think about it. I'm gonna make like some hamburger patties and gravy, right? With some rice, some mac and cheese. We're gonna have my favorite green vegetable to eat is broccoli. I know a lot, not a lot of people, they wanna, you know, have collards. You can have collards too, but I'm gonna have some broccoli, some green beans. I'm with you on this. I'm on with some you. Some cornbread. I love corn on the cob. We're going to make like a real black ass, southern ass dinner. And that means I have to stay for longer than one night because you can't eat it in one night. So 
I get to keep my ancestors around for <laughs> for a couple of days. <laughs> That's my answer. That's my final answer. I'm sticking to it. Okay, come on, final answer. <laughs> All right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. It's Thanksgiving season. What's one dish that's a must for you on Thanksgiving? And what dish can you now live without? Um, mac and cheese. But I can't just say mac and cheese by itself because niggas know you gotta have the mac and cheese yams combo. It just it's it's one it's one dish. It's not, but it is. So it's like, if I eat nothing else on Thanksgiving Day, my plate gotta have mac and cheese and yams. <laughs> what's I'm the one you can from the south? What's the one you got? You can be like, I'm good with apple. Oh, one dish you can, can live without. We can. The one dish I can live without is chitlins, y'all. I'm not even playing no games. Playing <laughs> 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 no games. <laughs> chitlins, and if not chitlins. Turkey. I'm sorry. I don't need turkey. I really don't live for it. Give me ham on Thanksgiving. We need to. Rep- I, I'm going to make a petition on change.org where. You we- know what? <laughs> no. To no. The Thanksgiving. Let them talk. Animal. Let them talk. Turkey to pigs. I am done. Y'all not fucking with it? I mean, it's fine, but... No, I love ham. I love ham. I, you know what? I will be honest in saying that whenever turkey is served, I'm always like, okay, like, I'm gonna get a little bit bit of this, but this is not... She's not my dish. She's not my girl, right? Yeah, like, she's like, you know, it's very much cute next to Gorge. Next to Gorge like, exactly. I get her when there's not, like, when the ham is all gone, I get her and then, like, a bunch of, like, gravy or like a bunch of stuffing so I can like really drown out the turkey. <laughs> I don't like turkey that much for real. It'd be too dry for me. It's really dry. I only like the dark part. I keep. Yeah, that's really it. Because the white part is dry. But that, I guess that's life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 okay, what's your go-to comfort meal at the moment? Oh, uh, this is my go-to comfort meal always. I love pasta in general, and mm-hmm. like more specifically, it's spaghetti or beefaroni. And I am embarrassed to admit the amount of spaghetti I've made in the middle of quarantine. But like, it's been a very stressful few months, and so I'm like, I'm gonna make this spaghetti, and I'm gonna love the fuck out of it. Because it's my favorite meal. So <laughs> so that's my answer. I love that. Mine has been ribs for, a, like, it's so random. <laughs> like, anytime I'm really stressed out, I'm like, all right, I got to order up some ribs. I don't make them, but I order ribs. <laughs> and it's been, literally, that is, that's how I know I'm really stressed out if I start craving ribs. How do you eat them? Like, what? Do you like? Are they smoked? Are they barbecue ribs? Are they like? Oh, I just okay. <laughs> okay. So when I was in Brooklyn, <laughs> I used to get it from Morgan's Barbecue. I used to get the ribs there, and so they. I think they were smoked. I don't know what they were, but they were good. And then <laughs> <laughs> I've had them once in Atlanta. I have to pull it. I have to pull up the. The information where I got my ribs on Uber Eats, hold, hold, please. Uh, but it was a place 
Come on, hope. That was good. <laughs> it was really good. It was. I was like, oh, okay. This is this is nice. Wait, one. Was it this? No, it wasn't. It was not one time barbecue. I did not really enjoy that as much. Um. The views, the views and opinions expressed by Amber on this podcast. <laughs> oh wait! Oh wait! Oh wait! Oh wait! It actually might have been one time barbecue, but I, I ordered a sausage link that wasn't really a sausage link. And that's what I'm thinking about. But anyway, okay. one time barbecue. It was a barbecue rib. It was very delicious. Anything you can eat with your hands. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm stressed. I don't have to think. I don't have to use a spork. I don't have to. I'm just like, oh, pick it up. Pick right. it up. I love that. But you just. New York, and I, it just, every time anyone mentions New York and food at all, I would just get so angry because I'm not in Manhattan to go to Dallas barbecue. It's, I know it's like a tourist spot, but the honey wings are like literally the greatest thing I've ever tasted in my life. And <laughs> if I could have them every day, I would, so I get very jealous. All right, y'all. So I'm on. I'm <laughs> the shine. I, I love you. I'm sorry. So I'm just on, <laughs> y'all. To all the listeners, Dallas BBQs is not good, <laughs> and I want <laughs> and I want y'all to understand, please, that this. The, that this is a a ghetto queer establishment <laughs> that every that every queer individual brings who are not from New York or not just or, or are from New York brings their out of town friend too. Yes, get fucked up, and you consume so much alcohol by the time you're done. And let me be clear, it is cheap alcohol. Um, so much cheap alcohol that the food starts to become amazing now that's how they get you now and i want to be very clear these are also these are ig model baddie wings they have been digitally altered (laughs) (laughs) they have gone to the dominican republic or dr miami shut up they have no waste and just a whole lot of ass and thigh. And that's all I'm going to hear about it. All I'm going to say is, I can't really contest your point because I will say that the one only time I went to Dallas Barbecues was my 21st birthday and I was already fucked up. Like, See? I, like before I even started drinking while there, I, I'd already been drinking like at my cousin's house in New Jersey. <laughs> so you are not necessarily wrong. However... <laughs> All I know is that I fell in love with those wings. And so I cannot say that they aren't good until I taste them again. You know, it's like experimental. You, that's, that's fine. That's fine. You the hair flip. I'm it was not, a hair flip for yeah. me. <laughs> we'll say that that... I will not lie and say that the honey... The sauce on the honey glazed wings is really good. Actually good. Though. Now, see... You try now, to eat will Yes, now I will not dis- now I will not disagree with you on that. <laughs> but overall, the food itself 
She's very. Okay, that's um, probably true. All I ate there was the wings. I didn't eat nothing else. She not. I'm not even gonna say this. I'm not gonna say that she ugly. She just like she that. It's that I can hit. Like, <laughs> I you know I guess so. Get they got a nice. They got a nice like titty or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I heard, I heard, I heard the dick was good. It's giving that. So, okay. okay. I heard. I'm not mad at that assessment. Yeah. But they, and I promise you, this isn't about your age, but I do think the last time I went to Dallas Barbecue was like 21. And so mm-hmm. I think that's just what you do. You, yeah. you eat them, too. you eat, you eat them wings and you get fucked up on a drink. <laughs> Very true. Uh, no, because the drinks were good. I had like a big ass drink and then a, a couple other like small drinks, and they was they did their thing. Yes, Look. and I think I'm also Amber knows I'm also just triggered by Dallas BBQ because I so I, triggered. I am that reminds me of pork of being so poor. That reminds me of working at Uniqlo. <laughs> it reminds you of what? Of being poor. It reminds me of being working at Uniqlo, making eleven dollars an hour. And doing free internships. So it just makes me, it triggers me. It takes yes. me to a place where I wasn't sleeping and I was making $11 an hour at Uniqlo and I was fucking with some niggas I shouldn't have been. And I was going to a free internship in a paid internship and I wasn't getting no sleep. So it just takes me to places. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's your 20s. To me, that's your 20s, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're poor, you're working so much. And you are fucking with somebody you shouldn't be. I feel like that's 20. Wow, Dallas BB is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the poor, I am poor. But the rest of it, I'm not experiencing. So what's going on? What's the tea? Gen Z is y'all are a little bit more. Now why I'm, I'm the last year of you know what I'm, you know, I'm the the final year of millennials. Thank you. Oh my baby. <laughs> no, I can't let you throw me in there with Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the younger generation, I have more faith in y'all. Y'all have more sense in my opinion. I just, I don't know because... You don't believe it? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the TikTok generation. It's like, I don't know what what be going on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to simply say I don't trust no you generation of people that think that they can get their waist, whole waist sucked out and have a big ass, like, uh, monsoon on their ass. I just, I, I don't know. That's the generation I want to trust. But hey, that's no judgment. She is a millennial. That's a millennial. I think that's a little bit of Gen Z too. A little bit of both. Maybe a little bit. Hey, of both. Michelle. Hey, that's an old millennial right there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. No. We don't. We don't acknowledge her on this podcast. All oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> My bad. But yeah. anyhow, <laughs> we digress. Okay. All right. So, Deshaun. Yes. You cooking a meal for a date. Yeah. You got to impress them. What you making? I'm not making anything. I'm going to order. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I'm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, Deshaun, live in your truth. You said what you more said. Things to do because okay, no, like because you just never know. Like people's taste buds be different, and I'm not about to get dragged in the group chat 
A lot of people say I can't cook. It's like I don't, I can't, I can't live with that with myself. I'm from the South, the Black South. We throw down. So if you don't like my cooking, it's like we can't be together. So, so I'm just gonna order in, and we're gonna love it. And I'm gonna say I cooked it. Sean, <laughs> this I I love this strategy. <laughs> I love it hasn't worked. I'm very much single, but. <laughs> Deshaun, let me tell you something, Deshaun. I have cooked for a many, a plethora of niggas, mm. and I'm still single too. So don't. You see how a lot of these girls will tell you that the the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's a motherfucking lie. That's a lie. The way a to lie. his stomach is he don't have one. So. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See, you know what? Amber's right. I do have faith in the youth. <laughs> I'm I do have faith in the youth. Deshaun has restored my faith in the youth. Yes. Yes. Now, you know what? The youth's going to drag me. They don't like me. <laughs> they don't like Look, the youth still like have, you. have faith in, in the, the process. I don't have faith in the process. These niggas, they be all the same. Ooh, and they be for everybody. But nonetheless, we'll say that more for thought. Um, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> how has your relationship changed with food over the years? Yes. Okay, so this one is actually a more serious answer because I wrote um, I wrote a piece like a little while back, maybe like a month or two ago, about like how bad a relationship I've had with food as a kid, as like a person who probably really had like an eating disorder and didn't get diagnosed with such because doctors don't diagnose black people for one, but especially don't diagnose like poor black people who are, who are boys or males, quote unquote, 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 um, because it really is thought to be like a white woman's or white girl's illness. So my relationship with food at first was like really horrible. I didn't really eat a lot. Or did eat in front of people because I've always been like a like a fat kid or a fat person, and of course I always came to like a, it's all stipulations and limitations and all the things. But now I'm gonna eat, <laughs> and I live for food. I love food. I love like trying different foods and different things. And I think like food is just like it's a really important part of like our cultural makeup and like we deserve to be able to just eat and enjoy the things in front of us, especially now in the middle of the pandemic, ain't nothing else really bringing us joy besides food. So I'm really eating all the food that I can that I haven't tried before because it's bringing me joy. (laughs) Nice. What's something that you've eaten that you haven't tried before that you like? Um, Sushi. I love sushi. Mm. Like, have you tried Rusan's here while you've been here? Mm-hmm. I used to eat that when um when I was at Spelman back in the day. Yes, period. Okay, of course <laughs> everybody did because it was cheap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rusan's was really cheap, well, but it was good though. It's really good. It is really good. Not like the first. I mean, I didn't try it this year for the first time. I tried it like a couple years back for the first time, but mm-hmm. I started eating it more often this year. Um, because 
it delivers here from Uber Eats. And it's really good. <laughs> like, it's really good. And I never thought I would love, like, raw fish as much as I do. So, yeah. It's good. That's what's up. I love that. I love that. I it is hard. Go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead. Because <laughs> when, when they said, <laughs> when they said, I never thought I would love raw fish as much as I do. I said, I never thought I would love raw dick as much as I do. That, that was, but that's. I want a break. <laughs> I know we need a ten minute. We need a I'm ten sorry. minute interlude. This is where I'm sorry. Deshaun gave us that beautiful answer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that beautiful answer, inspiring. You know, I'm sorry. vulnerable. I'm sorry. <laughs> He said, raw dick. I love That's where my mind But <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that when we get to the thought section because I had a lot of thoughts around raw sex that people might not really like, but I fuck with raw sex more. We're going to get there. Make it, making a point. Um, <laughs> making a point. <laughs> making a, a note about raw sex in the thought section. Okay. <laughs> um, um anyways, if <laughs> last E question, if your bussy was a holiday dish, what dish would it be? So this is not really a dish dish, I guess, but it would very much be the really tasty holiday sugar cookies. Y'all know the ones that shape like Santa and trees with the yeah. like the sprinkles over it. It would be very much that because baby, that's the best tasting. I love those cookies. Ever. I do too. They're so good. And they're like, you know, like they're just they're they're tasty. Mm. They aren't too much. Mm. They are they stick with you. There's an aftertaste. Mm -hmm. And you remember them years down the line. <laughs> What's better? <laughs> you are right. I, if you remember them down the line. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. It's either that or a sweet potato pie. Mm. That's good, too. For the same reasons. So, boy, are you thinking about sweet potato pie? No, I'm thinking about the pie in American pie. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all, I'm sorry. I have been in Wisconsin for two and a half months. I need some dick. Dickless in Wisconsin. Woo. Are you in Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, no. I hate that for you. You know... Shout out to Milwaukee County. Um, yeah, shout out to Milwaukee. Yeah. That's that's it. That's all we can shout out for Wisconsin. Well, no, Madison County, too. Oh, well, Madison? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways. <laughs> all right. We'll jump into pray. We start pray the same way every time, Deshaun. Yeah. What is your passion? So aside from writing, which just feels like a too obvious answer for my passion, 
my biggest passion, my first passion is music. Mm. I love music. Like, I started playing instruments when I was like four. I was like singing in church. I was writing songs at that age because I was depressed as hell as a kid. <laughs> as a kid. So music is like like my biggest passion. Mm. I love that. Favorite artist. My favorite artist. Can you give me a genre? List, list, let's do that. Let's do that. Like list a couple of genres, I'll tell you. Okay. Well, we'll start with my favorite genre, R and B. My favorite R and B artist is Fantasia. You are so North Carolina. Keep going. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Get into it. Even from North Carolina, when you ask them who their favorite R&B artist is, always going to be Fantasia. Hello, uh, it's my Marina. Marina. P A B Y M A M A. Like she was really shouting us out before I even knew what a baby mama was. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. I live her. Her and Usher. Those are like my R&B faves. I like that. Pop. Pop. Uh, Rihanna, mm-hmm. Horace, and Beyonce mm-hmm. are like mm-hmm. my faves. But I also have like, those are like my newer faves. Of course, the older faves is Mariah, Whitney, you know, the pop girls. All black women, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, because the white girls are not holding the candle to the light. Mm. It's just, Word. it's not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm well, not they're not doing it, but they're, they're not-, not doing it. Like I'm not, I'm not saying you're not doing it, but you're not doing it. <laughs> it's like you're not really doing it. Very much MC Debertees. Um and Although I will in admit, particular. That everybody think is doing it, but I'm not gonna say it. But keep going. I'm listening. I'm not gonna do it because I'm not gonna get canceled. I live for this. Is, is it? Is it? Is it the person that I like? I, and and let the me boy. be clear. Yes, and let me okay. be clear. I like her as well. I just think that we give her a little bit too much. Oh, I don't even want to hear because I think I know you're talking about, and I don't. I think that she does a good job. Is she white? Yes. Yes. Oh. Madonna? No. Oh, I don't like her. Fuck her. Fuck Madonna. Madonna. Like, Girl, fuck her. I don't like her. <laughs> oh, no, I do got talking- I ain't even gonna lie. Oh, Ariana Grande? It is Ariana fuck Grande. Her. Yes, let's I'm ready to drag because this I- white woman, and they can they gonna cancel me. I don't give a fuck. This white woman. Really think she be doing the best, and it's really like, girl, you, you not that girl, you not that girl, and you could be that girl if you stuck in your white ass lane, but you trying to make R and B and trap and trap and B, and it's not. Amber is gone from the camera, and it's not working. It's like, girl, please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> I, I thought I was the only person who said stick to the rivers and the lakes that you are used to. Like her pop right. records when she first came out, you know, The Way, Dangerous Woman, don't, girl, I live for them. When you start getting to the other, it's giving, bring it back. 
this latest project could have stayed in the vault. <clears throat> yeah, I do like the song with Ty Dolla Sign. I know I do too. It, was, it had a few good songs. It had like, yeah, I like positions too. Like I said, I like her. I just, I think I mean, the girls I, get I her like, a lot. I like her. I think she's one of the great. I think she is one of the greatest vocalists of her generation. I will say that. Mm. But I think she doesn't. Yeah, she, I will say that too. She's out of it a lot because she's trying to make something else, and I don't like it. it don't work for me. Okay. <laughs> I recognize I recognize she's problematic, but I really do like her. But I recognize I will not defend her in a way. Like like if you were talking about like Rihanna or like Beyonce or something like that, like I would be like trying to give you facts. I don't have that in me for Ariana Grande. I just like her music and she's oh, problematic. Yeah. I recognize it and is it I mean is she she's problematic because she like literally darkens her skin like in that way and um so i think that's what makes it problematic is she like tries to act like she's like an ethnic woman when she really isn't um but one of the reasons why we give her too much is she is because she's a white woman singing r&b we give every white person who sings r&b too much except except maybe jojo i don't think she gets too much in my opinion the only people who don't is jojo tori kelly and Yeba. But Tori Kelly is half. As much as she we is. Like That's my girl. Now, I live like her. Forget, we forget that Tori Kelly actually is half black. I've been telling everybody that she's black. I've been telling everybody that she's black. And they're like, no, she's not. And I'm like, her father is motherfucking Puerto Rican and Jamaican. Yes. He is a... Well, I don't know if I said it over here. He is an N-word. Oh. And, Hello. <laughs> I'm like, I, Hello. I'm a and... <laughs> And so is she there for I live for it. I live for it. Yeah. But but for the most part, like if you white and you doing some little R and B pop or trap R and B, you give you get too much regardless. Mm. Cause true. Victoria should really be Ariana Grande. No, it's true. And when she gets more mainstream, I'm actually really curious to see what how they coexist because they make the same music. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I think for me, 2020, that is probably one of my happiest moments that Victoria's finally getting her shine. Yeah. She, she deserves. deserves. She's really, really talented. I will say, like, my my favorite white pop artists are also all problematic, so I can't judge you, like, because I'm thinking about Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus, Lipa. Mm. Um, and Dua Lipa is problematic. Yeah, she's white, so it's like you know. Okay, you're right. You're right. Eventually, it's gonna slip out. It'll come out at some point. So it's like, but she's, but she is British. So there's a, there's a, I mean, it's still there, but it's a lower. Mm-hmm. It is a little, little bit lower that she it might look different. But she is friends with all those girls, so it's still possible. Right. That's why my two queens stay at top. Beyonce and Rihanna. Yeah. That's all I need in this life of sin. That's really it, truly. What's the other genre? Um, I wanted to just make some names for my genres. Okay, wait. R&B, we did pop. Those are the ones I care about. Gospel. <laughs> gospel, that's a really good one. Um, so, I have a lot of gospel faves, surprisingly for a lot of people, but Jason Nelson is one of them. Um, I think he is so... I never... Good. He, like... 
a brilliant vocalist. Um, Tasha Combs is another. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of Daryl Walls from the Walls Group. Um, I have a lot of, you know, Tasha Page Lockhart. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. A lot of them. They're just gospel. Really, just has all the talent. Pierre mm-hmm. Sheer, of course. That's true. All right, and rap. That's my last one. Uh, I live. So, current or like former? Let's do current. Current. Okay. Cardi B. Um, Flo Millie. I love Flo Millie. Oh, love her. Uh, I love Rico Nasty. Love her. Um. I love, I guess that's really like, yeah, like Rico Nasty, Flo Millie are like my top two faves right now. And like okay. the, the new rap girls, there's so many of them. Um, that's a, and that's a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. It's like, I love that all y'all flourishing right now. Because they're all so talented. Like And so different too. Very, very, very different. Like, yeah. I can't even say, like, Rico Nancy feels light years away from Flo Millie. Like, it's very... Mm-hmm. Like, Harry. Mm-hmm. Like, totally different side of the spectrum, for real. And even, like, if you take somebody like her and Mulatto, I feel like they still feel, even though they're both from the South, they still feel very different in their styles as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. A, I'm a fan like of male, male rappers. Sorry. No, yeah, I was just saying, I'm, I agree. And I'm a fan of I don't call her Mulatto. I call her Big Lotto because I refuse to call her Miss Moo Moo. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of Big Lotto. Um, I'm a growing fan. I'm not like a super fan, but I thought her project was really, really good. And her features so far have been really good. I also, y'all, I'm I'm sorry. I got to say it. Don't drag me. Oh. But oh, Doja Cat has been consecutively great with her features. Oh, don't! I'm not gonna drag you. Okay. I, she's also she's another problematic uh, Listen, person that I please. also like because she consistently puts out such good music. It's it's kind of unreal, and it makes me mad a little because I don't want to like her. I, <laughs> but Doja, she, like when you hear, <laughs> and she got much, and her performances have just really been good. I can't yeah. say she's a very mm-hmm. good performer. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It is what it is. Yeah, you, <laughs> always, you always gotta have a, a problematic fave. Um, I'm and, always a problematic. Yeah, and they are usually like the former rap faves. It would be a mess. Mhm, mhm. All right. So, um, Deshaun, you describe yourself as an abolitionist. Yes. Uh, what does that mean for this day and age? And why is it so important for you to? to identify as an abolitionist? Uh, um, it's really important for me to identify as an abolitionist because I, I know that the world in which we live is not one that is sustainable. Um, mm-hmm. It's not one that will allow for us to be, um, be our full selves, right? And, like, and, it, and it's built on the idea that we can never be our full selves. Part of what I like write about in my book is the very last chapter is called Beyond Abolition. And what I'm calling for in in that chapter is for us to recognize abolition as a starting point and not an end. Because like 
um, abolition for me is, is basic. It's like we have to abolish this stuff because all of it's created to subjugate our very beings, right? And so like that has to be like the beginning stages for us to even get to a, a, a livable place where we get to just be full selves, be our full selves. Um, and so for me, like to 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 be an abolitionist in this day and age means to very much support, you know, like the defunding and abolition of police it means to very much support the defunding and abolition of prisons. Um, but it also means to be cognizant of the various ways that um, other systems have been built to to harm and abuse us, right? Like things that we don't even think of as systems, like gender, like sexuality, like race, like class, you know, like desirability. Um, all these things are not just identifiers that come out of nowhere, they're systems. The human is a system, um, an institution, like designed to um, objectify and subjugate our bodies and beings. So. Yeah, that's what it means to me. And that's why it's really important for me to identify as one, because um, I think it's going to be essential to building something new. Yeah, I love that. You brought up your book um, and we know that's called The Belly of the Beast, The Politics of Anti-Fatness as Anti-Blackness. So when it comes out, I know we have to read it when it comes out, but can you talk to us a little bit about how anti-fatness and anti-blackness intersect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I love all the emphasis. We're going to read it when it comes out. <laughs> yes, we need to read it first, but give us a little taste. But yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> the book is um, eight chapters, and I can tell you that, like, what each of those chapters are about. So the first chapter is about um, moving beyond self-love um, as, like, an identifier that, or, like, a, a, a thing that um, qualifies us for for a right to be confident or whatever, right? Like people will be like, mm. oh, well, if you just love yourself, you know, somehow this anti-fatness and anti-blackness just goes away. Sometimes, somehow, like these social issues don't plague you anymore because you love yourself. And it's like, that's not how that works. So the first chapter is really talking about recognizing the fact that even the most radical self-love is not enough to eradicate these systems that harm us, specifically anti-fatness and anti-blackness. Um, and talk, so talking through that a lot. And then the second chapter is about desirability um, and, and how like desirability politics or like the libidinal economy as, um, as Frank Waterson calls it um, is like, also another system of oppression that harms black fat people because it places us at the bottom of a of um, a desirability I'm losing my words it places us at like at the bottom of of this ladder I guess you could say and so because of that right like um, we don't we aren't just people who then become undesirable or unfuckable but but we become people who therefore are not having access to housing and employment and, and um, healthcare and proper medical um, di- diagnosis because of the fact that the very people who 
who understand us to be undesirable are the ones who sit in positions of power to, to determine these things. Um, and so I talk about that a lot in that first chapter. And then the second chapter is about health um, and how health itself was like built as a response to race um, and therefore as something that black fat people were never supposed to have access to. Um, and then therefore the need for us to abolish health as an identifier or as something that determines a person's right to um, to live or a person's right to be confident or a person's right to um, be satisfied with their, their body. Um, and then my favorite chapter is the, the fourth chapter where I talk about police brutality. Um, in that chapter, I'm talking about the popular names we got from 2014 through 2020 um, on television, which were all like black men, um, but most all of them were also fat or large, right? So we're thinking about mm. Eric Garner, Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, mm. Samuel DuBose, Walter Scott, um, Alton Sterling, George Floyd, right? Think about all these different men, these black men who were not just black, but were also fat and or large and how that played a role in, in their murder, Tamir Rice, how that, how that played a role in their murder um, by police. And so that entire chapter is talking about policing as an institution and how it has always harmed Black people and Black fat people. Um, in that chapter, one thing I'm very excited for people to read, not because it's exciting, but because I know a lot of people don't know about it, is... Um, in Chicago, there was a point in time where prosecutors prosecuted black folks who were fat and like for a game. They they called it, um, I forget the name of the game that they called it, but they played this game in courts where you had to, in order to win, you had to prosecute um, the most fat people. And whoever got to 4,000 pounds first was the winner. And so they, they so they gave like, they would give lenient sentences to thin people who had like committed really heinous crimes and gave the biggest um, sentences to fat black people as a gang um, to win in courts. And that was something that was happening for like years. And I'm, I'm talking about all of this in, the, in that chapter because it's not really often explored. We don't, we oftentimes talk about police brutality and police violence um, as like just a black issue, but it has always been a black fat issue for as long as policing has been an institution in this country. Um, and so that is, I think my favorite chapter and it's followed by chapter five, which is about the war on obesity and the war on drugs and how those two were intertwined, interlinked. Um, and then the, the sixth chapter is about gender and how fatness and blackness impacts gender and then beyond abolition. So it's. I'm still shook on that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> the Chicago uh, piece. I wish I Damn. could the, the game right now. I can't, but it was like catch a, catch a nigger or something like that. It was a very, very, very like horrendous thing. When I first learned about it, I was like, this cannot be real. Like, there's no way this is real, but it is. And it's it's a whole thing that was happening in Cook County for the longest. 
Yeah, so it's just like, look at me, I believed it. Um, <laughs> oh, Jack. Damn. Okay. Um, how has the intersection of anti-fatness and anti-blackness affected you personally? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I wrote uh, a piece actually over a year ago now, in October of last year, where I talked like at length about what the last two years of my life looked like. Well, the two years prior to 2020 looked like for me um, as someone who was a student who had just come out to my family as queer um, and as trans and who like was navigating a lot of other things. I was experiencing the harm of anti-fatness, anti-blackness like directly in a way that I never really was able to name before. Like at that time I was navigating homelessness. I couldn't find housing for anything. So I was couch hopping. I wasn't able to afford to live on campus. Um, and so I was like then entering into sex work and I was like, doing a lot of different sex work, but sex work for a fat, dark-skinned Black person is a whole different ball game than what it's projected to look like online from, like, thin, light-skinned people who are making their coin through Miss OnlyFans or whatever, which I live for. Do your thing, girl. But being a street sex worker is a very different reality, especially as someone with, like, multiple marginalized identities. And so I was experiencing firsthand, like, the, the lack of access or resources you get as a fat and dark-skinned Black person um, through sex work, through unemployment. I couldn't find work for nothing. I was applying to jobs like every other day and was getting no work. Like, it was like, oh, your website's perfect. Then I come in and suddenly the job is filled or I'm no longer good for the position or whatever. Same thing with housing. So it was like, I was experiencing a lot of different, um, like really, really, really systemic issues on a personal level that I didn't really, um, that I wasn't able to really name until I started to get into fat politics and it became more evident to me. And that's where like my, it, there was a shift for me and all the work that I was doing where I started writing more and, and reading more on fat politics that brought me even to be able to write the book that I wrote because I was, I was living it. I experienced it firsthand. Wow. Um, I didn't know that you were a street sex worker. How was, I guess, like, I, I mean, how was that experience is, I guess, my question. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> it was an experience. It was like, it was, so, in the book, I talk about, like, it's not a memoir, so I don't talk about my personal experience a lot, but there's one part of the book where I do talk about a personal experience where about sexual violence. Um, and I'm, like, how I've been, like, a person who has experienced sexual violence since I was, since I was a kid. But doing sex work, um, a lot, of, like, street sex work, a lot of what you engage are these men who don't have no boundaries, don't like, don't really give a fuck about your body or nothing like that. All they care about is getting off. And if you want to make money, if you want to 
have a place to lay your head, if you want to get have, have some food, right? Like you learn to adjust. And so a lot of my experience was like repeated sexual violence um, that I couldn't name as such in that moment because I was navigating like I was trying to survive. I was trying to make sure I was able to do all that I could in the moment. Um, and so my experience, like, uh, I always, it, it, it pushed me more to talking about decriminalizing sex work um, because if if sex work wasn't criminalized, there would be more resources for us to have therapy for the work that we do, to be able to talk about the sexual violence that we experience and, and report that violence without, without being arrested, right? And like, it would allow us to be able to work through um, and, and ha- get access to proper housing and, and proper healthcare and things of that nature that would make an experience like mine um, less common. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my experience, like it was, it was not a glorious experience. It's not one that I would ever glorify. And it's not one that I, um, it's not one that when I talk about sex work, it's ever like put in conversation with people who do online sex work because it's a very different ball game, but mm-hmm. it is a very real one. And one that a lot of black fat trans folks experience, um, every single day. So, yeah. So can you also talk to us about how you arrived at identifying as non-binary? Yes. Um, this is my favorite. Um, so <laughs> I, when I first got to Morehouse, y'all, okay, so y'all know I'm from North Carolina, from the South. Mm-hmm. Y'all know the South is very much Christian, very conservative. So yeah. when I first got to Morehouse, I identified, believe it or not, as a cishet man. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. It was very much, very, very, very suburban. Very, <laughs> very much not me. But when I got there, um, my first semester, I had Dr. Daniel Black. And that man is something else. And we would be in his class. I remember, like, he would be talking about, like, sexuality and Christianity and, like, questioning everything. And I was, like, I would call my spiritual mother every single day, like, this man was in this classroom telling us this, this, and this. And he talked about, he felt the Holy Spirit. But he was, it was like, it was, I was really angry in that class every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But the more I listened to him and the more I, like, interacted with him and, like, other queer and trans folks at Morehouse, because, you know, AUC full of the gays, full of the trans girls, full of the queers. Um, and so the more I started doing doing that work, and then I started become, I became an organizer. And the more I started organizing, um, I realized like, I don't really, this, none of this has ever really been me. And I'm learning more about myself and my experience than I ever really knew before. And so I was really good friends with um, my friend Avery Jackson, who is non-binary and queer as fuck. And so being around them was like, people got they, them pronouns and people is out here like being trans for real. And like, it was a whole different experience for me. So like, I learned more, read more about it and the shift has happened. I think it was like my sophomore year. I was like, yeah, girl, the rest of that shit is old. (laughs) It's very dusty, very crusty. And we're going to give her up. 
So, <laughs> so it was like, it was a very interesting transition, but it was one I'm thankful for because like it bettered my organizing, it bettered my writing, it bettered like my perspective on the world and just in general, how I treated other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the things that, one of the good things that Morehouse gave me while I was there. <laughs> it brings some good things sometimes. <laughs> so, you know. Sometimes. No. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very much been used to the bullshit. <laughs> All right, Dijon. How has writing changed your life? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> writing I y'all like I never imagined that I would be where I am like right now like as a writer I always had a passion for writing but never thought it would be my career and certainly never imagined that I'd be writing a book um and so that I would like be able to call myself an author so like writing has helped me formulate and and identify, formulate, and name um, my experience in ways that I never was able to do before. I was never able to talk about my fatness and my blackness and my being dark skinned and being from the South and like just like my geopolitical like positioning in the way that I'm able to now. Um, and my writing did that. My writing like it shifted how I showed up in the world and how I gave myself to the world um, in a way that has literally birthed my career, that literally gave me an entirely new platform, a new way of thinking, and allowed me to do organizing in a way that wasn't just physical, right? Like I became a scribe and a griot and like someone who could really tell our stories and, 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 very special and unique ways. And that to me, like, it changed my world completely for the better. Um, so yeah, writing, like, I don't know where I would be today if I was not a writer. I went to school thinking I was going to be on a pre-law track and going to law school, it's gonna be at Harvard somewhere and was gonna be in the courtroom for some decades and then I was going to be a professor and now (laughs) now I'm just an organizer and a writer who is doing my best to document our histories now so that they're told correctly in the future Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the best thing I could have ever asked for so yeah it changed my life forever I love that That's so good. We need you. We need you to document our histories. <laughs> we deserve that. They don't be telling our shit correctly. We deserve They to, don't. We deserve to have our shit told correctly. Mainly because they don't tell their own shit correctly. Okay. No shade. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. No shade. Christopher Columbus did what? Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. Let's just start there. So they've been lying since the beginning of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For real. Like Beyonce said, until the end of time, they've been lying since the beginning of time. Okay. Um, 
You wrote an article about um, you wrote an article that civic engagement doesn't begin and end with voting. Now that the general election is over, thank God. Um, what can our listeners do to be more engaged outside of voting? Yes. Now this is a big one, child, because the girls be mad when when you tell them you can't just vote every four years and call it a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the girls don't like that, but. There are so many things, so many ways to be involved. I think a lot of people think that when we tell them, oh, you can't be like, you can't just vote, you got to organize. They think that means they got to be out protesting every single day in the streets. Baby, I'm not at a protest every day in the streets. And I've been organizing for almost 10 years. <laughs> it's not given that. There's so many ways that you can involve yourself in organizing. And that's what I think. I love most about it and, and what I'm always trying to make clear for people because in organizing, there's space for our passions everywhere. If you're a writer, write, right? Like most of my work now is through my writing. You don't have to write a book either, right? Articles, publish on Medium, public, do make threads on Twitter, right? Like um, make posts on Instagram, whatever, like your, your, whatever medium you need to use to do that writing, that's organizing work. It's important work. It's logistical work. Right. If you're a singer and a singer songwriter, make music about our shit. You in the struggle. You live in this struggle right now. Make music about it. Right. Like if you're if you're a visual artist, what'd you say? Just make good music, please. Now make good music because a lot of these, a lot of these. So please make good music, cousin Pookie. I don't want to hear no 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 rap bars about. We need we need good beats and good lyrics, okay? <laughs> now, if you need a ghostwriter, hit me up. I got you. But please, no, I'm not a ghostwriter. Because <laughs> a lot of the, they don't be making no good music. Sometimes, I'm like I don't really, I don't fuck with that. So, but yes, yeah, like make some music. If you're a visual artist. There's tons of what a lot of times a lot of protests need people to chalk or they need like people to make um, make posters and, and things of that nature and people to make graphics, um, graphic design. Like there's several ways for you to be involved in, in this work. Um, that's really important. You know, volunteer with your with a local organization that's doing work specific to your interest. If you are a person who is interested in sex work. Um, and, and trans rights and, and HIV decriminalization, hit up uh, an organization like SNAPCO. I'm lead organizer there right now for SNAPCO. Hit, hit us up, right? Like, that's really important. If you are a person who is interested in, in getting more people registered to vote, hit up Miss um, Insane Ufot for New Georgia Project. That's an important area for people to work with, right? If you're a person who is interested in, like, food justice or environmental justice, like, Hit up the black farmers here in Atlanta. It's plenty of them. A lot of them are my friends. And they and they are plugged into to community in ways that really matters, right? There's so many different ways to be involved, but the important part is that you are involved. So um, it's just about finding a, a political home, developing developing a political analysis, um, mm -hmm. and and utilizing that in the best way possible that best suits your interests. Period. <laughs> That's really it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, th I I definitely agree with not 
like just voting in a general election is not like, whoo, we did it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It is about getting involved with those local organizations on the ground because they're a little bit more effective. And you know the issues that are happening in your own neighborhood and you have issues that you care about. We, it is it is important for us to get involved in that. And I think that's something that I really want to get into more is just getting involved more locally on the ground. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I was doing something similar where I was just like voting every four years or whatever. And you become really disengaged with the process or and feeling like you don't have a voice. But in actuality, you do. And you don't have to just use this voting system. You can actually like go out in the world and figure out what you're passionate about and help. Literally. Literally. I love that. I really, really, really love that because I think people don't oftentimes recognize that, but I have never voted, Mm -hmm. but I have written policy in Atlanta. I have like been in front of mayors and city council members and in meetings with governors and and all the people, right? Like, and and of course, there's still a lot of shit to, to get done. But the reality is that, like, the work that we do, because, like you just said, we know what's happening in our own backyards, it won't be fixed directly by a president. Mm-hmm. Which means that we have to be engaged locally and, and thinking through the leadership that we have here. And if that's the case, then, you know, like, it's important for us to be engaged on the ground, to be engaged with people who are making the direct changes um, in our in our immediate lives and our immediate day to day experiences. So, yeah, I think it's important, and I think that's why I'm always like side eyeing people who are like, if you don't vote, you don't have blah 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 blah. It's like, like I've never voted, and I probably will never vote, and I've also probably done more work than you have. <laughs> over the last few years to make sure that the needs of my community are met. And so there's a way for us to meet at the middle here and really like conjoin our efforts so that we're getting the things that we both want. Because we all want the same thing. Um, and we just utilize different paths. And so that's okay. Let's let's utilize the paths that work best for us and make sure that we're able to be involved as best as we can. Right. Um, changing gears just a bit. So when you want to relax, when you want to love on yourself, what are some things that you do? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, y'all. Quarantine has forced me into making some ridiculous as um, impromptu purchases. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> of them being my vinyl player. I have bought a ton of vinyls and I got my turntable mm. and I'm being here like somebody grandpappy in the 60s <laughs> with my vinyls and pappy. Put that needle on the vinyl, baby, and I'm dancing around the house. I'm cleaning up the house with the, with the vinyl on. I got, I'm in the shower with the vinyl on. Like, <laughs> like It really does it for me. I feel like, I don't know, I just feel so, like, relaxed and and clear and smooth with that vinyl one. It's like 
the sound is just different. It just hit different than on like a speaker or whatever. So that's number one for me. Number two, Netflix all day long. Because I'll be working like a lot. But when I get to like relax at night, I make sure I spend like at least an hour or two in front of my TV, Netflix on, playing, watching something that I'm really into. Like it really, really, really soothes me, calms me down. And then of course, like, Music on my phone through my speakers. When I'm in the shower, I blast my speaker in the in the bathroom. I don't know how many other people do that. My neighbors be so pissed off at me, I know. But it's like, baby, I'm stressed. So, <laughs> so y'all gotta hear this music because you know it's good anyway. So why are you complaining? Like just sing along. So <laughs> so I play a lot of music all the time. I take a lot of pictures, clothed and unclothed. Another Two other purchases that I made um, in quarantine are my ring lights and like ring and like one of them is not a ring light. It's a it's part of the ring light company, but mm-hmm. it's like a different type of light. And then my ring light and I utilize them almost every day. Take my selfies, take my mm-hmm. nudes, take pictures of new books that I that I buy because I've been buying a lot of books in quarantine too. <laughs> I'm embarrassing myself by all these purchases, but, but like, you ain't um, the only one. <laughs> listen, <laughs> it's like I gotta make it. I gotta make it somehow. I gotta make it somehow. Um, by any means possible. By any means. Right. Possible. So yeah, like that's or in my, your case. By any purchase possible. Okay. No, by any period. I got tired of cooking, so I bought an instant pot and an um, air fryer. So yeah. now it's cooking time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's giving hey you gotta show up for yourself so that's how I really relax for real like um, just being able to do that with myself and, and like really um, enjoy myself and masturbate I live for a good masturbation set mm-hmm. so that's how I that's how I take care of myself and relax mm. <laughs> Whew. I've been doing a lot of masturbating too. But anyways, um <laughs> whew, some good ones too. Um, but <laughs> okay, we're gonna jump into what many people refer to as their favorite part of the podcast. That <laughs> come, come on, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Um, we start, we're gonna start smooth. You know, this is all about we in, here at Eat Pray Thought, we believe in preparation. Um, so this is this is after the fleet has been done. Yeah, um, wet first. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta get you gotta make sure it's clean. You fleet it. Um, this is the I'm putting on my my um I'm putting on my oils on my booty. Um just so I can make sure it's you know, it's not ashy in the light. Um <laughs> <but> nonetheless. <laughs> so this is this is that part. When yeah. do you feel your sexiest? In the shower. Mm. Um, I mean, you cannot tell me I'm not in somebody's music video in the shower. <laughs> like, sometimes because, you know, these new iPhones, they waterproof now. So, sometimes I be in the shower, like, like recording myself while I'm singing to the song on the, on the speaker, feeling real smooth and sexy like the other day. Touch Me Remix by uh, Victoria Monet featuring Kaylani came on. And I was like, oh, bitch, you're not telling me shit. You not telling me shit. I feel real cool right here. But yeah, like in my in my shower, I feel the sexy the sexiest. Um, Cause it's just like the warm. I don't know the hot water and 
the clean, like the your body feeling clean and like the music playing. It's just the perfect combination. We love it. Yes, come on. All right, so we we about to ask the question because this has been coming up a lot lately. Okay, it has been. We've been hearing a lot that non-binary people are the best lovers. Why do you think that is? Come on, ah 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 ah! Deshaun, not the hair flip. <laughs> I'm glad we get into said it's our time. <laughs> it's true. I think <laughs> I, I think non-binary folks are the best lovers because we really are not bound by the same limitations that a lot of cis folks are bound by. Right? Like, no, not all of them, because I have sex with plenty of cis people. But, but but a lot of, especially cis men, are really, 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 like, boxed in and allow themselves to be boxed in and are, like, confined to this really small space. And it's like, eh, eh, no, I'm really about to dig in. So, like, I think that we, like, once we, like, get rid of those those limits of gender and, like, those limits of sexuality... And just really start to like explore and, and experiment and, and engage and and be thoughtful about what our sex partner or partners are saying they that they like and that they want and that they want to experience and that they need. Um, I think that just really makes us like you know top tier. You know we're top two and not two. So, and I mean, I'm not bragging on myself at all. No, you just on your fifth hair flip during this question. That's fine. <laughs> not bragging at all. You're I'm not, not bragging myself. You're just on your fifth hair oh, flip. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not bragging at all. I'm just saying, like, I've had some really nice experiences. <laughs> so, yes, I think that is why. We love it. We love it. Thank you for asking. <laughs> After. Oh, wait, there's a question that I need to ask about thought. Okay. Raw sex. Yeah. What's up with it? <laughs> Listen. Listen. Y'all, I've only ever worn a condom in my life twice. And I tell people that, and people like, you don't be wearing condoms? You don't be wearing condoms? You don't wear condoms? No, I do not wear condoms. I'm in love with raw sex. And I know that everyone can do that. And that's okay. And that's okay. But, and I, and I need to say, I don't only have sex with people who have penises. I have sex with people who have vaginas as well. And so I know the risks. But it's like, raw sex is just so good. And I just like, I still talk about my sexual health. You know, I'm very cognizant of like of what my um, like what my own health is like, and like I'm always thoughtful of always thoughtful of what my sex partner's health is like. Um, mm-hmm. But I also like I once I like started doing the work of destigmatizing STDs and STIs for myself. It was like. Mm-hmm the fear that was associated with with that that kind of forced me to want to use condoms was no more it was like i'm not out here just like doing any old thing of course 
But mm-hmm. I'm also not allowing myself to be like bound by this fear that really is is what produces like the stigmatization um, around these things and around sex. Um, and I, I, I just think that, you know, I love sex and I think people, if you are a sexual person, if you love sex, you want to engage in sex, you shouldn't have to be bound by fear of sex. You shouldn't have to be bound by the taboo nature of sex. Um, and you should be able to allow yourself to, to roam free and enjoy everything about sex. because it's, it's enjoyable and it should be enjoyable and it shouldn't be laced with fear. Um, so yes, raw sex is like, I don't know condoms. I just get it in. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, because at first time I was hearing you, I was like, oh, oh, Lord. But no, I understand what you're saying as far as like, I think that's something too that is like, I, I struggle with it a lot. Like, um, like stigmatizing like STDs and like feeling like if you get an STD, you are therefore dirty or somehow right. slutty or whatever, whatever it is, right? Whatever negative term it is. Right. Um, so a lot of a lot of like condom use is about is about that. Um, but I do want to make it clear for people who are listening. Like, I think what you also have said too, is like, you also are knowledgeable and, you know, you talk about your sexual health with your partners. And I think that's also what's important too, that we don't talk enough about is, you know, we're not only like stigmatizing and placing fear on sex, but we're also not communicating. And so I think if we're at least communicating what it is, um, like what we have and like what we don't have or what we're looking for um, when it comes to sex, I think that will make a, a thing so much easier. Like we agree. Yeah. yeah. I think like, like with me, I think part of us not talking about it is, is the fear that we have associated with sex. But like, for me, I'm quick to be like, yes, when the last time you was tested, what was your test results? Right. Mm-hmm. Like not to be like, Oh, you, so you got something? I can't, not like that. It's just like, I want to be aware of, of who I'm engaging so that I can make the adult decision to, to have sex with you because I'm probably going to do that anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I want to be, I want to make sure that I'm aware so that for one, we can take the right precautions, but two, so that if I do ever contract something, I can be fully aware of the fact that I did so as an adult. And then I was responsible. I was responsible for my own sexual health, and therefore, no one gave me anything. No one. It was nothing like that. It was I contracted something because I engaged in consensual sex, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 that was the quote unquote consequence. I don't like using that word because that still sounds dirty. But but that's. Mm-hmm. The, I think all of us should be should know before we have sex that sex is always a risk no matter what, even if you're using condoms and, and birth control and prep, like sex is always a risk. It's never 100% risk-free. And so mm-hmm. if we remove like the, the fear of it and have those conversations for me, like if I, ha- if I'm like a, if we're like a, re- a friends with benefits or like repeated sex partners, we'll even get tested together. Um, because I think that that's, it doesn't scare me and it doesn't like feel bad for me. I enjoy that actually. I feel like that's part of the, the experience so mm-hmm. yeah that's i got once i started, once i started having queer sex when i was 19 
Um, and I started like learning more about that. That's when I was like, oh no, we about to, we gonna ramp it up and we gonna enjoy ourselves <laughs> and let it be. So, yeah. I love that. Um, okay, so what is one lesson you've learned from your family about love and how do you incorporate it in your romantic relationships? Oh, that's a good, oh, that's such a good question. Um, so one thing for me that I've, learn um about love for my family is what love is not um i'm like consistently thinking through you know i've never i've never experienced healthy relationships or relationships that are like long lasting or that really are um the best relationships to be in right like i my all of my all the women in my family have been abused in some way, physically or mentally or emotionally, have been cheated on, have been, you know, like um, gaslit. And I don't know any queer or trans folks in my family, um, or at least not that I'm close with, right? So like, I don't have any examples of really healthy love and really healthy relationships. But what I do have examples of are unhealthy relationships and, and unhealthy love. And I let that, um, I let that really show me how I want to be loved for one, and how I want to love others, and what I want my relationships to look like, romantic or not. Um, what like it is what defines love for me. And so yeah, I'm like I, I can't really say that I that I've had examples of, of 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 that but i have had examples of what i don't want and i allow that to define what i do i'm on mute okay <laughs> yeah that's good because i think a lot of times when you have relationships with family or you see it and you're i think a lot of people are like well you're going to be incapable of love if you don't know what love is and it's right. like no but i know what I don't want, and right. I know, <laughs> I know I don't want the shit that I've been seeing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna not recreate it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so, I have personally struggled with my body image and feeling desirable within the Black queer community. Yep. Have you ever felt this way? And if so, what has been your journey to believing in your own sexiness? So the answer is yes, I have felt that way and feel that way. Um, I like think a lot about when I when I first like started living as queer at 19, I was fat, but I was a smaller fat than I am now, like a lot smaller. So people desired me in a lot of in a lot of ways, right? Because they could write me off as thick or or you know, like not too fat. So it was it was like a different level of desire. Um, and as I started getting fatter, I realized that desire was quickly leaving. And I was like, what is, I didn't like connect it to my fatness for the longest time. And so recently I was like, girl, you were smaller than of course. But, <laughs> and I didn't like recognize that I was that, that much smaller um, because in my, when I, the way I view myself, I've always just been, Fat. So I don't like always see myself as smaller than versus now. But um, so my journey has been like 
affirming myself even when the rest of the community is not because the rest of the community doesn't. I am, I'm fat and I'm dark skinned and I'm trans and I'm also disabled like that. I have a heart condition. So, and I have mental disabilities. And so there's like a lot of times I don't engage in the same way that neurotypical and able-bodied people do. Um, and so it's like, I, I'm therefore engaged very differently because of, because of my different identifiers and different identities rather. Um, and so I, I have to constantly like affirm myself. And that's why I created like my, um, my alt Twitter or what some people will call your freak Twitter uh, so that I could, <laughs> Amber, <laughs> I created that because I'm like, I know that there are people out there who desire a body like mine, who want to fuck on bodies like mine, who want to engage people like me and it be more than a fetish, right? Like, I don't want to be fetishized, but I know there are people who actually genuinely enjoy fat people. And so I was like, I'm going to make this account so that I can get away from the people on my main page who, you know, they'll like call me, oh, you have a beautiful smile or whatever. Like, I want to be called sexy and fine. And I want people to tell me they want to fuck on me and they want to suck my dick and eat my ass, all the things. And so, Amber, <laughs> and so I made that account so that I can like really feel like my sexiest self to people who don't, who aren't burdened by um, the like limitations of, of desire in, in our communities. Um, so that was my journey. It was like, going from being really embarrassed of my body when I was a smaller size to being really happy with and, and boisterous about my body at a much bigger size and, and therefore like taking more news, celebrating myself more in the nude and allowing others to celebrate me more in the nude so that I can feel the, I can, I don't want to say it, so I can really feel the affirmations that I'm giving myself in real time. Um, so yeah, that was like my journey. And now I'm like, now you can't keep me clothed. I mean, now you can't keep me naked. That's not what I'm saying. Now you can't keep me clothed because I'm always naked, especially living by myself, my own apartment, baby. I'm Ari Lennox. Okay, very much so. Pop my hoo-ha in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> So within that, you said like you created this free Twitter and obviously you, you are getting you're getting the, the comments and all the things that you want. But I guess I'm trying to think of the best way this how to phrase this, but like how do you feel like someone can do that with you even without? Because I don't always I guess like even if you don't have a free Twitter. Right. How are you constantly kind of reinforcing that? Because then that still kind of leans to an idea of like there are people telling me I'm 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 desirable versus me feeling it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's like for me. That's before I ever even thought about creating a freak anything. The, like the the way that I wanted to feel sexy and 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 fine all the things was in my body. I know I'm smart. I know I have a nice smile and all the things. So that wasn't like a, that wasn't a thing that I, that I needed. I needed to feel like the body that I had was sexy. 
And so I started taking more nudes. I was like, I would like look up different um, like nude shoots that people would have that like I thought were sexy. And I was like, this is a really good like angle. This is a really cute pose. This is a really cute like lighting thing. This is really uh-huh. cute like editing process. So I was like, I would look that up and I would recreate it for myself, except fat. And the more I did that, I was like, now, bitch, you really looking like something. Like you looking, you looking kind of kind of snackish, like a whole meal out here. And it, it it made me feel better about myself. It was like, y'all can't tell me shit. I don't care what you say. You don't got, you don't gotta like what's in front of you because I am loving on it right now. Like, and I'm living for it. And there's my ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. Right. <laughs> I'm loving it. Having your way, Burger King, McDonald's. Okay, that was very much me. And. So like the more I did that, the 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 better I felt. So it was like the the free Twitter was just like uh, a bonus. It was like a, a nice way to like feel that from other people. But I'd already chosen myself, and I've already told myself enough that like you are sexy, you are fun, and you and you are beautiful too. You you deserve to be told that you're beautiful and gorgeous and pretty and all the things. But you are also sexy, and you're also fun. And you're also all the compliments usually reserved for people who are light skinned and or thin. Um, and once I embraced that and, and internalized that through through the taking of my news and, and even not just news, like I would like go out into the sun and like um, take selfies like with the sun just hitting me and like and just feeling like feeling myself, feeling who I am, embracing all that I look like, all of who I am, the and 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 understanding myself as somebody who is not physically flawed. I don't like the word flaws. I don't have flaws. I have I have different features. I look different than others and I'm not flawed for it. I'm actually more perfect because of it, right? For myself. And and I started embracing that like nobody, I don't think anyone is imperfect in terms of bodies, right? Like your body is yours and and you get to and you get to love on it and embrace it as it is, all that you want to. And so if it's thin or if it's fat, if it's if it's if it's dark or it's light, if it's what like whatever your body looks like, if it's yours, it's perfect, and you get to embrace it for what it is. Um, and when I when I internalize that, nobody can tell me nothing. That's why I bought my little ring lights. <laughs> I had to make the lighting better. Come on, ring light. I need that. Ooh. Turn it up. You- do you have the orange one? I hear the orange one's good for like brown skin. It's very, it, it is. So mine came with like both the orange and like, because it, it, like the light itself is not, mm-hmm. it's not covered. And it gives you like the covers, like the clear ones and the orange ones. Mm-hmm. I don't ever use my clear ones. I always keep the orange ones, because, keep the orange ones on because it's, it's beautiful for the dark skin. And like you get to like change the setting. So it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you're really trying to make me glisten. You're trying to make me, <laughs> me look. You're not here. Like, I love it. So, yes, I definitely like, I live for it. Yay. It's very, like, it's warm. It, like, it, it doesn't, it makes our skin look really, really warm. Okay. All right. What is an underrated kink to you that does not get its flowers? Ah. Uh. Y'all put me out there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want. I can't wait to. Right now, no, 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 no,
this is not really a kink, it's a fetish, but like I have a big cum fetish and an underwear fetish. Um, like there are a lot of things I like to to do with cum, and <laughs> me too. Period. Period. I know that's right. <laughs> and underwear, like like sexy ass underwear, just like they really do a thing for me. I don't even have to see you naked. If you had some sexy ass underwear and they sit on your body just right, I'm living for it. So like those are like two fetishes of mine. But like a kink, I don't really do this often, and I don't really like. It's not like a requirement in my sex life, but it's a thing that I think a lot of people hate on, but I think is like the idea of it is sexy to me. I haven't done it before, but the idea of it is sexy. And that's water sports. I think piss play is really sexy high key. It's like, I don't really want, like you niggas who don't drink water and shit. I don't want to ever try that too with y'all. But, but like the, the idea, like I've watched it in porn before. And I'm like, this is kind of sexy. I'm not mad at it. Like it's very cute. Not cute, but like, <laughs> but it's, I think it's not cute. It's like it's very dirty, but in a sexy way. And so, I think that's the number one on my list for me. It's like I think water sports are very, very, very sexy. And also, I'm the type of person who will try literally anything once, except except miscat and anything with blood. Now I'm not judging nobody who you who does any of that, but I cannot for myself. So yes. Yeah, no to the scatting. <laughs> it's the thought of scat and just oh mm. the name. I got, I got a I got a weak stomach. I, I'm not trying to yuck nobody yum. But ooh, ooh. It don't it don't work for me. No, mm-hmm. I can't do At it. First- at first, I was like, "Yeah, no blood," but then I was like, "Oh, bitch, you you fucked on your period before." Okay, so. see, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, "Well, period sex is whatever." I just mean like, like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I can't do it. <laughs> I just got a shiver up my spine. So for real, and oh I'm like, I think about that episode of um. I may destroy you. Where he picked up the blood clot, and that I, I you know, I'm not trying. Oh, I was yeah. like that as a gay as a gay man. I was just like, <laughs> I kind of loved that. I lived for I've that part. That. You should watch I May Destroy You, but mm-hmm. I I lived for that part because I don't think people realize blood be clotting up. You know, in vaginas, and you know, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it happens. I had, I had like an ex who was like, <laughs> 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 so the blood clots are like gushers. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> Gusher. Oh. Gusher. Gusher. I... 
<laughs> no, that got me screaming. Because... <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I should carry watermelon flavored gushers. No. No. Now I want some gushers. Gushers <laughs> are really good, though, by the way. So good. Um... <laughs> Top tier candy. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh yeah, go ahead, Savoy. <laughs> um, you post a lot of thirst traps on Twitter. What's the secret to the perfect thirst trap? <sighs> I think the number, the like, secret number one is just feeling confident. Like when, if I don't like a picture, I'm like. Oh, it's not going nowhere. It's going in the trash. Because even if somebody else might find it sexy, I'm like, I think this shit is ugly. And I've never, I can't do nothing with this. So number one, like, secret for me is, like, feeling confident in the picture that I that I took and that I'm posting. Um, but I think the rest of it is just, like, proper lighting, like, good editing. Not, like, editing your body or anything like that, but, like, throw, like, like one of my favorite iPhone filters is um, dramatic warm because it makes like my skin just look different. Like my skin is um, is already like clear for the most part, but the way that the warm setting just looks on it, I just I just love it. So like finding like the perfect lighting and the perfect like um, the perfect editing apps and stuff like that like i use PixArt and stuff like that it just it works maybe throw some like a noise filter over it so it like kind of like um granulates like the picture i don't know it's very like once you find that you in the clear in my opinion. i'm not too not too much heavy editing because i don't well i'm not gonna get nobody's young <laughs> but for me, I don't like a bunch of heavy editing because I think it takes away from the beauty of your body. I think that, you know, like if you're posting a new or you're like taking a new, it's because you are a bad bitch. Um, <laughs> and, and no matter what form you're in. And so like you should just, I think once you start adding a bunch of like filters and, 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 changing up your body and things like that, it takes away from the point of news for me, which is to celebrate your body. Um, so yeah, that's my little secret. I, I take the pictures in good lighting, do a little bit of teeny tiny editing, and I feel confident about it, and I post it. Okay. We like it. <laughs> How has your sex slash dating life changed since quarantine started? <sighs> Y'all, <laughs> what's today's date? Today is November 8th. <laughs> Y'all can't see the shine. This motherfucker is counting. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had sex 
in over a year. It's been 368, 69. No. Hold on now. Fourth, fifth, sixth, Three hundred and seventy days, y'all. November third of twenty nineteen was the last time I had sex, so I can't even blame the quarantine because I wouldn't even quarantine at this point. I, I, I was out in the world, so I guess I can really say it hasn't changed my sex life at all because I wasn't having sex prior to. But there has been more like prospects that have popped up since quarantine, and I'm like, well, I'm not having sex with y'all because it's a pandemic. It's, it's a panoramic outside, so I don't know what, like, the moment we kiss, I could get COVID. So I don't know. I don't know what you want yeah, me to. Panoramic. It's a panoramic. It's a polygram outside. Like, what do you want me to, like, how <laughs> I'm supposed to do that? So that has been really unfortunate. So I guess in one way it has changed it because I'm not able to have sex like I want to um, because... I'm really, really scared of catching Miss COVID. So that's that's it. I feel that I'm I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, so I'm the, I'm literally the exact same way. Uh, but I haven't had sex since December 31st. Okay, we almost the same boat. Yeah, <laughs> 2019. But I think I'm getting to the point where I'm like. I'm gonna risk it, but I don't, I don't know. girl, same. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but I am scared too. <laughs> same I hate to say it, but I've been quite busy during quarantine. Um, I'm not so much not now. Um, last two months, but I mean during quarantine, I, I, I got some some sex. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> well, I love that. Thank you, thank you. So. If you don't mind us asking, what has been the reason post or being pre-COVID? What what was what's been the break? Oh yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Um, so the last time I had sex was with this guy that I was really, really, really into. Um, but like all men, our time together came to an end um, because <laughs> because he. Um, uh, he is a man um, and that's just what men do but I like I will say like even before November 3rd like last year 2019 was a year where I wasn't having a lot of sex anyway just solely because of the fact that in black queer community like um, a lot of people are not trying to fuck folks who look like me that's just the reality and so I like especially here in Atlanta. Atlanta is a very Butch Queen central, and Butch Queen is very, very much thin. Like most times, light skin, but sometimes dark skin, like cunty vibes. And I'm a tall ass, fat, black, dark skin nigga. So it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the typical Butch Queen. Um, so I think that like that plays a role, but well, that plays the biggest role. The second is just that fetishes. Like some some people wanted to fuck, but they were like people who fetishize fat people. And I'm like, there's no way I'm ever letting a fetish a fetishist touch my body ever again. So it's not happening. 
So I've been to my little lonesome in my apartment by myself, just, you know, having masturbation sessions. <laughs> look, look, I get it. Um, I've been there. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely gone. I've gone. Shit. I think I've gone two or three years without sex. I will not. I will not. <laughs> I, I'm, not I'm not proud to say I did it, but. This is the longest time I've ever gone without sex. I'm not going to lie. I used to have a lot of sex. Yeah, I've I've definitely gone. I've definitely gone more more than two years for sure. Wow! Shout out to you. It wasn't by choice. I I I would love to be like, oh, it was a choice. It it wasn't. I I was. I mean, I probably could have gotten a few, but I I was like, uh, heard you. But- <laughs> you. Um, last question. Okay. Um, or last thought questions. Let's say, what does the word intimacy mean to you? And when's the last time you experienced it? Uh, young out is the questions. Um, and this one is not like, it's, it's only hard because intimacy is just so like all encompassing, but I guess like, if I could describe intimacy in one word, that word would be held. And to me, mm. held doesn't just mean like being physically held, but being like heralded as like someone um, someone that you that you want to share space with, even if it's not like physical space, like someone that you want to physically hold, but also who you want to hold up, someone who you want to embrace, who you, whose full, whose fullness you enjoy, like who, who you want to embrace wholly, right? Holistically, who um, you want to hug and who you want to kiss and who you want to cuddle up with platonically, who you, who you want to like feel on sexually, right? Like just all these different, like, um, different ways that you just want to be with someone. Um, And the last time I experienced that was in the physical was my birthday. Um, A few of my friends, they knew that I was like being very strict about quarantine. They knew I wasn't like going nowhere. So they pulled up, surprised me at my house, pulled up with like some cake and balloons and just like, we sat around and talked and ate and kiki for the first time since the beginning of quarantine. And like, that was the last time I got a hug. And like, it was just, it was, it was just beautiful. It was like, that to me is just, it's real ass intimacy. And then the last time I had like physical non-platonic intimacy was in December when I like was supposed to be, I was in DC for Christmas and I was supposed to be having sex with this nigga but we didn't have sex, but we like just cuddled all night. We like laid up and watched Netflix um, together. And then we just cuddled all night. And then we like, we kissed the next day and all the things. It was like, it was a very intimate moment. Um, and that to me is what intimacy is. And the last time that I experienced both, um, it's just being held physically or otherwise. Um, that just makes you feel warm. Yeah. I love that. 
Um, well, hopefully to more to you experiencing more intimacy, both platonic and non-platonic. Yes. Well, yes. Sending good, sending you good bussy vibes. <laughs> good bussy vibes. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go into bird confessions. These are rapid fire questions. I'm nervous, man. <laughs> Just rapid fire. The first thing that comes to your heart or your spirit. Okay. 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 What kind of bird are you? Pigeon, dove, eagle, flamingo, ostrich, penguin, or peacock? Dove. Oh, oh. <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey. What would be your stripper name and what would be your go-to song? Um, oh my God. Um Big Papa and it would <laughs> be Come on, Big Papa. And it, and it would be, it would be, it would be, oh my God, Crushing Your Remix by Look Him. Yes. Come on. Okay. <laughs> you are featured on an episode of Maury. What is the show topic for today? Is he the baby's father? I slept with my best friend's boyfriend, unruly teenager. I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. I definitely scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. Look, we I love definitely it. did that. We love a scam <laughs> goddess, okay? We love a scam. Live in Atlanta. <laughs> Wait, points were made. Points okay. were made. <laughs> the name of your sex tape would be. They did that. I don't know. <laughs> ah, ah, not they did. <laughs> Y'all said rapid fire. Yeah, no, no, no. I love that. That that is confident. They did that. Ooh, <laughs> Part one, it. two, three. Um, <laughs> what city of love and hip hop would you rather be on? Miami, New York, Atlanta, or Hollywood? Atlanta. Period. That's the best franchise. All right. Like, hello, Jocelyn Hernandez, Miss Mimi, Miss <laughs> Erica, like. Yeah. They have all the real ones. Fair. Your dream trade can only possess one main attribute. A grill, a nice car, a neck tattoo, a regular weed habit. Can you read that question again? Your dream trade can only possess one main attribute. A grill, a nice car, a neck tattoo. Or a regular a neck tattoo, period. Yes. <laughs> a neck tattoo, <laughs> period. There, I want to be clear. I just got to a point in my life where I'm not still searching for my man to have a neck tattoo. Like, there was a time where I literally only wanted the man. Like, if you had a neck tattoo, you had me. No, no, very much so. I'm, I don't even like trade like that. But if you had a neck tattoo... Boy, this pussy talk, euros, dollars, and yen. <laughs> like, I'm just... <laughs> Come on. Woo. Don't nothing but a bag make this pussy talk. Okay. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have them spit in your mouth or your butt? My mouth. Both. <laughs> Come on. Come on, combo. We love a good combo. Give me the wings and the fry with the drink. Okay. <laughs> Very much so. Large. <laughs> I had uh, 
Um, your number one rule for cuffing season, since we are in cuffing season, even with the pandemic. Number one rule for cuffing season? Yes. <laughs> Rabbit fire. Um, don't cuff these niggas. No, I'm don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm lying, y'all, because I want to cuff a nigga so bad. Why well, I'm lying? I'm a cancer. I'd be lying like hell. Like, girl, you're a cancer. You want to cuff these niggas? Um, <laughs> don't cuff these niggas too fast. That's my number one reason. My number one rule. Mm. Mm, a word. A word. All right. And the most iconic thought of all time. Me. Yes. No. They did that. <laughs> they did that. <laughs> no, I'm lying. The most iconic thought of all time is definitely Superhead. The girls love yeah. Superhead. Mm. I mean, I don't even. I'm not really into her like that. But it's like you can. There's no one you can say her name to that they don't that don't know her. That's fair. Yeah. That, that is that is completely rooted yeah. in validity. That is very true. Like, girl, you really did that. You, she did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. All right. So now we're going to do Zaddy of the Week, which is one man that we are crushing on or we feel right now could just get all of us. Um, shout out to John Legend, a song. Uh, oh, me. Deshaun, who is your Zaddy of the Week? Um, like a celebrity? It can be anybody. It could be your barista. It could have been somebody you saw. It could have been somebody you saw at Target <laughs> on your walk. Okay, so I'm trying to think because there's a lot of people like online right now who I'm like, oh, y'all are fine. So I'm going to say Y'all, why am I going blank right now? It's giving very ghetto. I'm, I mean, very trailer park. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to go show. I'm going to check your room, period. <laughs> I'm going to say Zaddy of the Week right now, right now for me. Oh, uh, yes. Giveon. Giveon is so fine. Y'all don't know who Giveon is? No. Who is that? I know you fucking lying. I know you fucking lie. He is a R&B vocalist. Yeah. He is he's a baritone and when I say his like, voice is just like rich and smooth and deep. It just make your pussy quiver. So, I'll give you I'm fine. Very much so. Very much so. He's fine as hell. I love him. Yes. He, he told me I was toxic one time, but other than that, when he told you that, huh? When he told you that, <laughs> he told me that in like September, I think. Because I work in the music industry, so we were. I was like, oh, "Do you now?" Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm so done with you. You like, is this my chance? <laughs> oh. My husband. Okay, hello. <laughs> um, so I was just telling him that um, favorite mistake is my favorite song. He's like, "Oh, so you toxic?" And I was like. No, I don't think he lied. I was like, for the first time, like I had the question, like, is it me? Have I been? 
Have I been the problem all this time? And then I was like, but nigga, you made the song, so how dare you tell me I'm toxic? But anyway. Well, I think he might be toxic too, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> because every time this ain't love comes on, I'm like, it's not love. You are so right, but I still will fuck you. So what's going on? <laughs> I am weak. I love Giveon. He's I just I think he's just so talented and so fine and like very fresh in the R and B scene. That's not there's not a, a ton of baritone R&B vocalists in the last three no. decades. So it's like, no. thank you for coming through for the baritones. I love him. Um, all right. Who is y'all's? Amber, you want to go first? Or you want me to go? Yes, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, come on. Um, okay, so I, I don't think we, because I watched P-Valley and I don't think we've talked about this, but I want... For J. Alphonse Nichol- Nicholson, aka Lil Murda, Tyler Lepley, aka Diamond, Parker Sawyers, aka Andre Watkins, and a special appearance by Isaiah Washington. Just in, I'm just gonna see what his dick is looking like, but I would I would like to have a gangbang. Okay, that's it. That's gang bang. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's I, motherfucking right. Now, yeah, gang bang. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, no shade. I haven't seen P Valley, but I just looked up Lil Murder, and he looks like an OnlyFans. Um, yeah. Porn. Yeah. So uh, that that. Yeah. That's what he gives. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Lepley is like pretty boy, kind of like an edgier Drake, I would say, right? It's a boy. Yeah, that's but like, I think, yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair. Park, Parker Sawyers is like nerdy. I love him. He's my favorite. But he's fine, though. And that dick. And that dick was nice. It was a nice dick. Yes. Mm. Solid, solid dick. Oh my God, you guys. Have y'all seen. Okay, did y'all watch. What was that HBO Max show with. um, Oh my God. With uh, with Megan. Yes. um, In the house of. I forget which house it was, but one of the. I think he the house of. Yeah, House Fathers. Now that dick. That dick is scary. That dick scared me. See, now you know, now you know, I I have been Love told that like ob- obstacle course dick is Not- what I what I like and that is Jarrell Gordon Gucci is his name. Yes. Jarrell has obstacle course dick, okay? That thing is coming down to his knees and that man is like 6'5". Not me. <laughs> no, it's I, like people be thinking I'm joking when I say big dick niggas can't stay away from me. Agree. I don't want you niggas. I don't want you niggas. Y'all can send news all day long, but at the end of the day, I am very much a average to small kind of girl. No, see, I'm very uh, average. Now, I'm an average to above average 
but don't get crazy. <laughs> so for me, anything over nine is like you've got you've gotten a little too crazy. You're really getting crazy. Yeah, like nine, nine is, is like, really okay. See, yeah, I mean, I never took in taking a nine, so I don't even know if I can take that. But I would like to think that, like, my 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 bus can talk nine. Well, I have taken ten inch dicks before, twice, but that's why I know I would never do it again. Okay. Well, <laughs> you gotta know your limits. You gotta know. You gotta know. You have to know your limits. You gotta be honest. You gotta say self, self. Know yourself. Know your worth. Know yourself. Know your worth. And baby, self. Do you do you really have to do that to yourself? You don't. And did you like that part of it? But you won't do it again. So <laughs> that was a conversation I had with myself. Because listen, no, I love it. Um, <laughs> my side of the week is gonna be me because I can't think of nobody, and that's just. I mean, okay. hell, why not? I deserve. Yes, you do deserve. I'm 35. I deserve. Period. You do. Okay. So, yeah. So, now we're going to do Bad Bitch Hall of Fame, which is one woman we feel like deserves her flowers and has not received them. This can be anybody, your mother, your aunt, um, your senator, whatever. Um, And just one woman you feel like deserves her flowers. I will go first. Um, Stacey Abrams, um, a queen. A Spellman legend. A Southern legend. Um, I said Spellman. A Spellman. But... Oh, also. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I said Spellman. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was very clear. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, Stacey's the queen. And um, I thank her for doing what she's done. Um, and I'm sure she has um, secured herself a job. If she hasn't, actually, I know Stacy secured herself a job because she was working hard. Okay, she was um she was Fifth Harmony. You ain't gotta go to work, work, but like she's putting work. So yes, yeah, Stacy, mm-hmm. my bad bitch, Hall of Fame entry. Nice. Um, I'll go because it's kind of connected to Stacy Abrams in a way. Um, but because we all know that uh, Stacy Abrams you know, uh, register 800,000 people to vote in Georgia. Um, but she, she also acknowledges this, but she like, didn't do it alone. And there's like a lot of other specifically black women who were at the forefront of it. And, um, Deshaun brought, um, this person up earlier and I've never, I've never known how to pronounce her name, but so please correct me. Um, yes. 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 Um, definitely, Babbage Hall of Fame uh, CEO of New Georgia. Um, she also helped register more than fifty thousand Georgians to vote this year, and that's that's like what's so important. Like, I remember before this election, I was just like, people were like, Georgia could go blue, and I'm I actually voted in Georgia this year, which was really cool, um, but. I just was like, is it going to go blue? I don't know. I don't know. But it was the work of a lot of these women, a lot of women that you haven't heard of. Um, obviously, Spellman legend, Stacey Abrams. Um, you know, but that that's one, these are the reasons why you're seeing um, the flip. 
yeah. uh, in Georgia specifically. And shout out to there was I, I watched I think I found this on your page, Deshaun. Um, but there was a black woman in DC yes. interviewed, and she was like, "Yes, we. I mean, y'all excited about you know Georgia and Michigan and Pennsylvania, but we need to thank the black people from Detroit. We need to thank the black people from Philadelphia. We need to thank the people of Atlanta because yeah. those are the people who have brought us in the celebratory mood." And she was just, she was just so on point. Shout yeah. out. To Shout out to her. She's also Bad Bitch Hall of Fame, too. I don't know her name. I don't know who she was, but she really said what needs to be said. And yes, love her. And she was very funny at the end, too. She was okay, just- when she said, okay. <laughs> she was like, yeah, girl, I just said it. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. Like, that took me out. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um... My bad bitch of the week. I'm going to, I think my bad bitch of the week for real, for real is going to be to like black women organizers in general, like radical black women grassroots organizers. Um, because like you just said, there was like a lot of black women who really, who you probably will never hear of that assisted with the win for this week. And then outside of that, there are a lot of Black women who do a lot of radical work outside of electoral politics who get shitted on because of it. And so those are my bad bitches of the week. They really be holding it down. P.O.P. Hold it down. Um, (laughs) So, yes, I live for them. Uh, Especially, specifically... um, a woman named Erica, who is like a dope ass organizer, um, who I met first like years ago through Twitter, and she just hella dope. Like she just be like doing her thing and like making shit shake. So I live for her, and I think that like just that's my bad bitches of the week. Love it. Shout out to Erica. Shout out to Erica. Shout out to Erica. All right. So as always, we close it with Good Bussy Vibe, which is one quote um, that kind of like disinspires me. As I said at the beginning, I've been reading a book called After the Rain by Alexandra L. or Alex L. as she's known on um, on Instagram, and which is where I found her. Um, and it has been extremely helpful to me. Um, and it's just been there's been so many moments that I've read, but there are a few that I want to read real quickly. Um, so she has, they're called gentle reminders. So they're kind of like affirmations, but one reads, I am grateful to those who didn't love me enough to stay. Their absence taught, their absence taught me that self-love is my superpower. Once again, it reads, I am grateful to those who didn't love me enough to stay. Their absence taught me self-love is my superpower. And then the other one reads, letting go is teaching me that I am not lacking, but receiving. I am requiring knowledge, resilience, and room in my heart for something greater. So, those are two. Yes, you know, come on, because I think a lot of times we think letting go means that we're about to lo- we're actually losing on something, but actually no, we're just making room for something greater in our hearts, um, in our spirits, because you know niggas be fucking with your spirits too. Um, but nonetheless, the shine. Thank you so a. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest, and b. Please tell everyone where they can find you. 
Yes. Thank you so much, both of y'all, for having me on here. It was so fun. This is one of the funnest interviews I've ever had. So thank you. Too many people be calling me to talk about serious stuff all the time. I want to talk about my thought shit, too. Because I'm a thought. (laughs) Uh, So thank you. Valley is key. Okay. Duality sometimes, but you know. You know how, you know, you know. Um, (laughs) So if you're looking for me, you can find me both on if you're looking for me, you could find me in the I'm on a I'm on a, y'all my mind be hey. <laughs> time and time again. Okay, sorry. Okay, let's get into it. Like, no, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Deshaun L H. So D-A-S-H-A-U-N-L-H. Um, you can also find me through my website, DeshaunHarrison.com. Um, and yes, I'm being a bad bitch at all those places all the time. So, <laughs> period. Okay. Period. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lashawn. You were amazing. Uh-huh. Yes. You truly were amazing. So, thank it was you. It's so nice much. being here. And now I'm going to eat some food. Yes. Same. Same. Um, Amber, you got any closing statements? Anything you want to tell the Bussy Hive? Um, close your list to married men. Ah, ah. Come on, Nene. Close your legs to married men. Ah. That was the first thought that came to my head. So. <laughs> Come on. A word, period. Um, but Zai, we thank you. We know this season has been a little all over the place, but we thank you for supporting us. We promise season four will be back to some type of regular schedule. But hey, we in a pandemic, or as Deshaun said, we in a pandemic. Panoramic, like I, I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, we we get in the shows when you get them, um, and you know next season, season four, you'll get them regularly again. Um, but um, we live in life, and um, in particular, I'm living. I'm gonna speak for myself. I'm living life, and sometimes I always want to bring the best energy to the show, and if I ain't got it, I ain't motherfucking got it, and I ain't gonna bring that net- that energy. To this podcast, cause y'all come here to receive good pussy vibes. If I ain't got some days, I got bad pussy vibes. And yeah, okay. me too. So I'm not gonna give y'all. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna fleet before I come here. So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna purge. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, we thank you, Deshaun. <laughs> we thank you. Um, and just have a beautiful week. Mm-hmm. Celebrate. Um, celebrate. Mm-hmm. And love you all. Mwah. Bye. Love you. Bye.